So we're we're taking away from this that just Peter King's got a big mouth blab something that maybe not true about quarterback about next season. Are we or we're not going to see Joe Burrow? I, I'm 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 lost. I don't, I'm confused. Yeah, this is there's been a couple more outlets that's insinuating that Joe Burrow actually is accepting the deal of being on the season two of the quarterback documentary Netflix. Chase and I talked about this on his uh, Cut to the Chase podcast for those those listeners that are familiar with the show. And a few weeks back, we had made the statement when it first originally came out that, look, I will believe it when Joe Burrow says it himself. He had already said in that initial press conference that he wasn't interested in doing season two right off the bat because he got too much other things, but he'll entertain it down the line somewhere uh, within the next few years or so. However, things can change. And when that does happen, I'll be more than happy to come on here and admit that, hey, look, I, I got it wrong. But for now, I will only believe it once I hear from the sources, the mouth directly, and that's Joe Burrow. Hey, I, I'm happy to see him doing uh, national advertisements now. That, that's Same. a that's a big win for us. This is a big win. <laughs> Bengals fans seeing our guys on these things, it's a big win for us. Did you see the most recent one with his uh, wearing the zero jersey for the Guinness, <laughs> for the yeah. non-alcoholic one? Oh, my gosh. Look, for all Bengals fans, stay off of Twitter because you're going to see other ops try to make memes off of the zero rings comment. So I'll let me forewarn you, don't let that get under your skin because it is a good thing. I, I love the national attention that we're getting so far with those commercials. Uh, bring on the haters, man. Bring on the haters. Tim, you know all about our haters. You watch me on the Steel Curtain Network every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's good to see Joe Burrow with Joe Cool. You know, it's going to be great. Yeah, can't can't agree more. Can't agree more. Well, let's get into this show. Check out the new intro if you're watching this on YouTube. It's very similar to the uh, the old one, right? But it's uh, we removed uh, the players that are no longer with us. We got Justin Lacey, a little fire on his name there. Got it. Got him in. Got him in the front there instead of uh, bringing up the rear, and got a little a uh, little pumped up Burrow walking off there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. My our, our boy Maude does really good, really good work for a Cowboys fan. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, hey, nice. Thanks for being with us again. Uh, once again, Wednesday night, I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with your host, Justin Lacey, and a special guest, Tim Lyons. Um, some of you may know him. Uh, if you check out my, my stuff on the Steel Curtain Network, uh, he's in there in the chat a lot, in the, in the homies chat fam. Um, also gives, uh, gives the boys a little heck over at the Know-It-Alls podcast. So we're, we're familiar to hearing his uh, opinions on there. But now we're giving a voice to it. So, Tim, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. 
Yeah, it's a good time, man. We just uh, we talk a lot of uh, a lot of smack about Bengals and uh, AFC North and NFL football, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But before we get into the football side of things, Justin, we kind of preluded this uh, on our last one that we thought eh, something something didn't feel quite right about the Joe Mixon uh, court case. Verdict is in. Why don't you address it for us? Yeah, for those fans that are already familiar by this time, I'm sure you already know that Joe Mixon was found not guilty on all of these allegations from this past offseason. Look, I'll be the first one to tell you he had a tough offseason with these two situations that that happened. We kind of got into a little bit of the specifics about like the role range or or the aggravated menacing charge that was filed against them. There was nothing to really prove, and it felt like it was just truly unsustainable. However, Here's the thing that I'm also going to say. It felt like that it, while it created this whirlwind of divide for uh, about whether we keep Joe Mixon or whether we cut him or release him, there seemed to be a lot of impetus on Joe Mixon being cut, and it was because of this this incident. And they tried to, and it felt like that people were trying to just create and push these narratives that weren't really true about him just because they didn't want to justify whether if it was his contract, whether if it was character, whatever the case that it may be. And it felt unfair. And later on, he also came out once the verdict of being not guilty came about that he was not going to speak to several members. I think it was specifically for media members. And I'm actually with him on that because I felt like while, while they were covering, while people were covering this situation, it felt like even before this all happened, certain media members were sort of pushing their own agenda with these undertones and these bias, but describing it as, oh, I'm just doing my job asking the tough questions. But the questions weren't really directly correlated just to that specific situation that happened. It was more so, it, it just felt more like you probably do not want to see Joe Mixon on this team and you're utilizing this most recent offseason as leverage for him on that. I'll be the first one to tell you, his production, while his numbers seemed good in 2022, it felt different because it didn't feel like that the offense flowed through him. But that doesn't mean it was a bad thing. That doesn't mean he had a bad season. However, I'm not going to utilize that as a tantalizing argument to where Joe Mixon needs to be gone next season. We need to start moving this offense into a different direction. Cut him, get rid of him, get that money off the books, go bring other, other faces in. I'm glad that the Bengals organization, and I said this last week, that they were patient with him. And then they stuck by him to wait to this whole thing play out. They recognized his value to the team, to the locker room, to the fans that still support him. And there's a plethora and tons of fans that support him because he was the one that brought the energy and the juice when he first got here. Under the last few years of Marvin Lewis, that was Joe Mixon, man. There was no Tyler Boyd being who he was as he is right now. Now, there was no Jamar. There was no T. It was Joe Mixon bringing the energy and the juice during those downtimes. So I just needed to get that off my chest. I'm happy that this is all behind him. We can move forward. Let's have a great season, and let's go. Yeah, like I said, innocent until proven guilty. Um, I, I really hope he has a bounce back year, gets his yards per carries up. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, for those of you that are watching or, or, or on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, get those notifications, hit that bell, uh, share us with some friends. Let's get us out there. We keep growing a little bit each week. We appreciate it. 
Um, just going to keep plugging away. You're going to see more and more content coming out from Running Through the Jungle as a channel as a whole. We have previews, post-game, all different kinds of stuff. You can find us on uh, Apple Pod. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get. No longer Stitcher. Uh-oh, they went boo-boo. Um, but we're, 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 we're out there. So please subscribe, like us, download. Uh, we need your help. Keep this momentum going for us. Appreciate it. All right, so we're, we we had a preseason game since we last talked. We had the Falcons game. Um, you know, again, offensive starters, no goes. Uh, only defensive starters for a series, uh, which ended up being, you know, I don't know, a 15-play drive that we ended up having an interception on. So kind of an interesting bend-don't-break um, kind of thing. But, um, you know, it was, it was good to see some communication out there. You know, I've talked about it with the safeties, getting some of that help. But big picture stuff, uh, you know, what what uh, did you see in that first preseason game? What was the takeaway that you had from it uh, that you liked, didn't like, have a concern? Tim, what did you think? Um, you know, I was really impressed with, you know, even though the, the first defensive series was 10 minutes long, but I was also impressed with, you know, that stop that Dax had on B.J. Robinson you know, to save, you know, because he probably would have got it down probably to the three-yard line, would have set it up for, you know, probably would have set it up yeah, for the for touchdown. Sure. You know, Dak stepped up, but, you know, not just that. You know, Hubbard played well during that that defensive series, um, you know, and they came and they, and they actually came away with, a, you know, the turnover. So, you know, it was impressive to see that, you know, those guys, they haven't got to play all preseason long, and, you know, they did fairly well, you know, for that 10 minute drive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, Mike Hilton is just the man. I, I, what a, what a, a get we had there. Um, I, you know, really good contract in my opinion, uh, in my humble opinion, not, not a contract expert by any means, but, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that piece came over to us from Pittsburgh. Justin, what'd you find out? You know, first and foremost, yeah, I got to shout out Mike Hilton because he's another defensive leader in the locker room. He sort of just catapulted to that naturally when he signed here in 2021. First and foremost, before I go into the specifics of our team, let me give a shout out to Desmond Ritter, former University of Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback. He or orchestrated that offense for the Falcons pretty good. I liked it. And I know there was questions about, like, if he was able going to be able to translate his skills going into the NFL his skills looks very transferable to me. And I thought like he can be a pretty solid, capable starting quarterback in this league. And that first draft, he sort of showed it. And B. John Robinson, man, that dude is going to be a problem. I was fearful that he was going to break a couple of long ones <laughs> on that first drive. And I was like, man, good thing our defense sort of just saved the day and kind of tackled quickly because I felt like that one more jump cut, he was off a race into the house. So I got to give a shout out to the Atlanta Falcons on there. I think they're going to be a much shifty, better team but still, last year. Yeah, he's, he's shifty and still headed downhill. That's, that's he, the main right, part. He's right. not shifty backwards. Yeah, man, that would have been a nice draft pick. Now, I knew he had no shot in hell to even make it a 28 when we was picking in a draft. But, but as far as for our team go, I'm actually going to point out one thing because, Tim, you already – you already talked a good deal about the defense, about the bend but don't break defense, um, which I didn't think that that was very characteristic, even though they've had defensive performances like that. But 
I'm actually going to point out Jonah Williams again because I talked about about him last week of being open and then welcoming the challenge of being of playing right tackle. He was the only starting lineman to start the game uh, at right tackle, and you can saw and if you uh, paid attention to the first play, they ran a handoff to the right side on Jonah Williams' side, and I thought he held up pretty well with that run game. And I think that the rest of the O-line, I think that they played better, uh, even the depth pieces. There was still some drop-off. There was still some fall-off, obviously. But like we mentioned, our starters didn't really play. So I think that this more or less torpedoed the thought that, hey, we just got to see what our depth looks like at this point. We already know what our starters can be. Let's just see what our depth pieces. And I think Jonah Williams actually solidified himself even more that, hey, I'm the starting right tackle in this game. Yeah, I tell you, Jonah did look really good. I've got a couple of Captain Obvious takes. I'm going to hit you with first. Captain Obvious. Our backup quarterback situation is not good. So uh, I'm not going to waste a lot of airtime on that. I think we've all seen it. Um, It's just bad decision-making. The other thing, Kevin McPherson, really good. So those are my two Captain Obvious points right there. you know, we talked about uh, Yoshivas um, uh, in the in the past week. You know, we talked about Chris Evans, and I still think he's looking good. Chase Brown, eh, it was he's still my guy, uh, but a he hasn't been getting much blocking for him. It seems like every time he's getting it, somebody's in the backfield, and uh, and b not quite ready uh, to to be a grown man in that hole blocking somebody on a blitz. But my biggest takeaway. Our defensive line depth's a little bit better than I thought it was going to be, man. We got Boy, some guys that took nice. some took some steps up. So, uh, you know, that's really that, that's been really kind of the my my favorite takeaway from that game. Um, you know, Sample looked good. Osai looked good. Uh, you know, we know Hendrickson. We know Hubbard. Um, we, we there's some hole pluggers and some some depth, and and I don't know. Man, we are gonna have we're gonna have some hard cuts in that defensive line. We're gonna have somebody that's gonna go to the practice squad and gonna stay there. You know what I mean? Hey, I got I tweeted out while the game was happening because it was like getting like midway through the second quarter, and I saw Joseph Asad still in there, and I was like, "Can y'all please get him out the game? He does have nothing to prove at this point. He already called an interception ricochet off the tip ball from Mike Hilton. He had a couple of pressures, and and I believe he had a sack, if I'm not mistaken. I, I might be wrong on that, but. The dude was just all over the field, flashing everywhere. And I just thought that he was just relentless. And I was like, all right, guys, this is it. Let, let this be his last drive. Get him off the field, yeah. man. He's good. <laughs> like We don't need to see more and more from him. Well, you know, and we were kind of excited when we picked up Terrell Basham uh, this offseason. And, and here he is. He's coming off of the, the practice field, you know, finally finally getting off of the, the rehab field. I don't know if he's going to play more than – 10 snaps in the third preseason game, and he may be done as a Bengal. He like might it, not it, even be make the, he might not even make the field. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a wild yeah. one. So uh good takeaways from there. Uh one more preseason game left. We've got the the commies, as I like to refer to them as the commanders, which may be the Washington football team again next year, which may be the who knows the following year. I, I they they're a mess. Um but uh, but they got some things looking up for them. You know, they got some pieces over there. Again, we're not going to play a lot. You're not going to see starters in this game. You're not going to see anybody that could uh, risk getting injured. Um, 
hopefully we see Joe Burrow out in the field doing some sprints and throwing the ball again. It always makes you feel better about life. But uh, who's uh, who do you think is playing for, you know, maybe not necessarily just their spot, but uh, maybe their snaps, their playing time, getting their rear off the bench or getting activated for that. I'm going to kick it right back to you, Justin. What do you think? So I'm going to look at the cornerback room. And I know we have signed Sidney Jones to in the offseason during free agency, but I think that he is in danger of losing his spot. Primarily, he might be a losing, probably might even make the team. Um, he could be a veteran that's placed on a practice squad that can come up and pinch hit if you need him to uh, in case of injuries go up like we did last year. But I think that the depth in a cornerback room is pretty strong. I like what I'm seeing from DJ Turner and DJ Ivy. I will be more than willing to let those guys – oh, Jalen Davis, I'm not going to forget to mention him, even though he's been on the team for a few years now. Mm-hmm. I like what I'm seeing from these young corners that we've drafted. And I think that these guys are showing excellent promise. They've had excellent camps. Uh, the preseason games, you see them going through their lumps a little bit, but that's the nature of an ups and downs of a football game. Too much, So much so to the point that – I don't really think that Sidney Jones cuts it on this roster. He hasn't been good, not even in practice, really. So that's my number one guy that I will say he might not make the team. Yeah. You know, I actually had him as one of my guys. uh, And one of the following questions here was the cap casualty guys. You Mm -hmm. know, he's a, he's a million dollar guy. Um, You know, there's, there's a couple guys on there, but I mean, if you can, if you can get a half a million out of those guys, are I, I, you know, I wonder if that's affecting some of the contract stuff. So, so that that was one of my takeaways uh, from him. I I don't know, um, Tim. What did you see as far as uh, you know over the last two games that you got somebody that might be playing for their spot or their reps coming up uh, here in game three? Um, you know, I was really impressed with uh, Chris Evans blocking. You know, he was actually blocking really well. I was surprised. I was like, he, he actually can block, you know. <laughs> and then, like, another thing for me is, is, like, I'm a big running back guy. I love the run game. I, You know, we grew up in the run game. You know, yeah. that, that's what we love to watch, well, you know. Corey big Dillon. 10 country. And, yeah. yeah, that too. You know, we love the run game. I love the run game. And, I, and I'm hoping, you know, Chase Brown, you know, maybe shows a little bit extra this next game. You know, I think they were only averaging like two yards a carry last game. You know, right. that's not good. And I know, don't get me wrong, I know we got, you know, some linemen that are trying to get spots and all that stuff. You know, Carmen getting called for holding, you know, <laughs> maybe the maybe the offensive line will step up a little bit, give Chase a little bit of time to be able to make those cuts or those reads, you know, or maybe even give him a chance just to run the ball north and south to get more than two yards a carry. You know, so that's what I'm looking forward to is this Chase Brown just getting getting better, just getting better. Tim, I, I'm glad you brought Chase Brown up because I should have brought I should have mentioned Chase Brown as one of the bright spots too. Everybody's talking about like the P Ryan replacement, who's going to fill that void? But I got an idea and I want to bring to you. Joe Mixon is obviously going to be the lead back. But what if instead of trying to trying to pigeonhole a one guy into the number two spot? We have two twos. 
that you can have them both in the backfield at the same time. I've always wished that the Bengals can have like a split back kind of um, option to their play sequence on offense where you got the quarterback, whether if he's in shotgun and two running backs in the backfield lined up at the same time. I saw it a lot with the New Orleans Saints during those Drew Brees uh, era. He had Mark Ingram, Reggie Bush, mm-hmm. Mark Adrian, uh, Pierre, Gosso, uh, Pierre Thomas, stuff like that. What if we were to do the same thing with Chris Evans and Chase Brown line them both up in the backfield at the same time. They both have some really good thunder and lightning kind of quite kind of like qualities to their game. And I saw that on uh on week two on, on the game. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm spinning all ideas, but what are you thinking? You know, that'd be great because if they could bring back the pro set, you know, you know, the dual running backs in the back, yeah, you know, or even you know, pro set uh shotgun, you know, you got these two weapons on your left and right. You know, is mm-hmm. he going to hand the ball off or, or is, is he going to go off for a screen pass, you know? Right. And you hit the nail on the head for me right there, Tim. Uh, you know, over the past several years, we have not been good at screen passes. No. So mm-hmm. with that different set and that different look that you're not, you haven't seen much in the pro game over the past five years, would that actually help keep that off balance with, with different types of, of, and, and different i mean what what happens like who are you bringing up are you going to bring a safety up um on those guys are you going to put linebackers on them because you put a linebacker on chris evans he's going to torch him he, he, I mean, he scored right. that winning touchdown against kansas city i mean that's 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 what he's best at he's one he's a great route running uh running back so yeah i mean that's a, that's an interesting call and who knows who knows if they'll draw draw something like that up but yeah, you know, just like just like Justin said, you know, I think the Patriots were the last ones to run the dual backs. You know, I haven't seen a dual back in probably five, ten years. If they could bring that back into, you know, into the football and have these dual threats in there, you know, it would open up it would open up the pass game, it'd open up the run game. One of the more underrated things that Chris Evans did do during last season. People don't remember the Monday night game too well when we played the Browns and we got demolished. But that first drive, Joe Burrow threw a seam uh, a seam ball down the right sideline to Chris Evans. And I, I couldn't believe it was Chris Evans. That was the first game that we didn't have Jamar Chase. And I thought to myself, huh, this could work out in our favor if we – much more if Chris Evans had to put it all together, but I think that he has. And I believe that with both of them getting better and nurturing their skills to be better in the pass blocking game, you do not know when you have a dual back a dual back option set of who's going to be the blocker, who's going to go out. Because I think Chase Brown can do that stuff too. And he might be lightning quick, but again, our blocking schemes have not really shown that in this preseason. But I do think that give him a little time and he'll work himself in there too. Yeah, I, I said it, you know, last week. It seems like guys get real coachable and do those extra little things like stick their nose in there blocking and stuff on contract years. Just odd how that works out. Just real odd. But um, at this point in time, we're about to midway, so we're going to take a, a quick break just for a few seconds for those of you on YouTube and for those of you uh, listen to, uh, you know, one of our podcasts. We'll be right back after we pay some bills. All right, welcome back 
to running through the jungle. Everything you need to know about Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to recap every week. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, a.k.a. B-Dirt. You see me over uh, on the Steelers, uh, Steel Curtain Network. That's where uh, you'll see that moniker come from uh, over there talking a little trash. You know, got to do it sometimes, poking the bear. Uh, Justin Lacey, my co-host, and Tim Lyons, special guest joining us. our chat fam over there at the Homies Podcast. Shout out to everybody over there. Check us out on Friday nights. And uh, we got some new stuff coming out Friday night, just to FYI for those of you that uh, follow us and listen. We're going to be doing uh, the Homies Overtime. The Overtime is going to be uh, just round robin about sports in general, a little bit of life, a little bit of this. Uh, really came after the fact that we just normally after our show talking about AFC North football, we sit around and talk about a whole bunch of other crap. We're like, this is better than the show sometimes. We should actually put this on. So check us out on Friday. We're going to be going to be doing that and uh, dumping that out there. So good stuff coming up. So, you know, uh, one of the things here, you know, we got some cuts. We got some things. I think that Jackson Carmen might be a, a cut casualty here. $2 million to the cap. Um, we can save on there. You know, I, I agreed with you on the Sidney Jones thing. But, you know, Trevor Simeon is, is making one point, what, four, three, something like that. I don't know. Uh, is there anybody out there, free agency, that's still out there or that you suspect might be a free agent after those final 53 cuts that you're looking at uh, maybe we can pick up? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Justin, you got you got your sights on anybody? So we got to do something about the backup quarterback position. It's we've already talked about it. We didn't spend much airtime on it because we know how god awful it is. And I think you're absolutely right. Trevor Simeon at this point should probably be a cap casualty at this point, if you ask me. Um, I don't think he's better than Jake Browning, although I don't think Jake Browning is that great either. The only thing that is really keeping me to believe that he's going to remain on his roster is because he does have an adequate NFL arm, whereas Jake Browning really doesn't. Um, but as far as like maybe a cap casualty pickup, uh, I'm going to probably be in the pool with other fans to say like, Hey, look, Brandon Allen may not make that 49ers team. They already announced as of today, they've already announced that Brock Purdy is going to be the starter. Sam Darnold is the backup and Trey Lance is the number three. Brandon, they're not keeping four quarterbacks on that roster. So they're going to probably cut them loose, practice squad them, or whatever the case may be. And you can just bring them back home to Cincinnati. Like, hey, look, man, this ain't work out the way that we hoped. We thought he was going to be an upgrade at back and quarterback, but he's not. So if you want, you can come on home, bro. Yeah, I think Trevor Simeon is 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 right now, uh, unless he does something spectacular in game three, I think he's a, the third quarterback. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to put somebody on that third emergency quarterback at one point, some million dollars when you, most of those guys are, you know, half million dollar guys at best. So I don't know, Tim, you got your eyes out, uh, out there in a free agency or somebody that might be a free agency. You know, I, only thing that I can see is this is, you know, is, are the Bengals going to cut forward or, or, uh, sharping? You know, th- those are my two guys that I, I, I think that the Bengals could cut. I don't know. Um, free agency cuts, you know, speaking of Greedy Williams, do we need a corner? No, but, you know, 
there's a possibility you never know we might need a corner one of these days so greedy williams you know he just got you know he just got let go today or was it yesterday um that's about the only only thing that i'm really looking at yeah i um oh my bad i didn't mean no go ahead go ahead justin you're good wait greedy williams actually got cut from the browns from the jets or i'm sorry yes I'm sorry. Yes, from the Browns. Um, my bad. My bad. Wow, I did not know that. It, it, that will be a nice little solid pickup as a and replacing uh Cindy Jones, former second round pick uh, out of LSU. <laughs> He's an LSU guy. So, I mean, wait a minute. Didn't Greedy talk. Williams go to the go to the Eagles? I, I see. I'm just now surprised to thinking that he was still with the Browns until you said he was cut. <laughs> but, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Tim, you researched yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he got look that up. Yeah, yeah, he actually um was cut. I'm sorry, he was cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Uh you had the green right in the northeast. You were close. Yes, I did. Sorry, my bad. My bad. <laughs> um yeah, you know you can you can't have too much depth at corner. It seems like we'd never finish with the corners we started with. Uh that's kind of how the NFL goes. You know, somebody goes down almost every year. Um I'm I'm gonna throw out a weird name here. Uh, and, and going into the season, you know, not not expecting what we we had from Chris Evans, I probably would have thrown a JD McKissick out there as a third down back kind of guy. But I like what I see out Chris Evans, so I'm going to go away from that. How about this for a backup quarterback name? What's Chase Daniel doing? A professional clipboard holder, man. He has made a living, a killing doing that. He has made a ton of money <laughs> being a backup for so many different teams. That would be a good one, actually. Yeah, if Brandon Allen doesn't work out, I, don't know, I, I can see Chase Daniel. Like, that's a guy that all you need from him, right, is what we saw last year from the Chiefs. If something happens, you got a sprained ankle, you got, you know, has to go in for concussion protocol, whatever it is, can you get a drive out of somebody that doesn't, wet their pants and melt the, melt the the season away because they throw a pick six or something, right? That's what you need. If you get that 98-yard drive for a touchdown out of it, <laughs> bonus, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you just need somebody to hold it in and do status quo, I really, I, I, I really think. So um, the last thing I want to touch on uh, for Bengals stuff before we get into I told you, we're going to give you some some fantasy football stuff every week, but before we get into that, um, I want to I want to ask: Is there any cause for concern on the contract front? We got some guys out there that need to get done. T. Higgins, Joe Burr, starting to get a little uh, a little close to the end of the the the, the preseason here. Uh, Tim, people are getting people are getting impatient. <laughs> Tim, you got any concern or or, or or are you feeling confident? You know, I'm feeling confident because I think I believe Joe Burrow's contract or T. Higgins' contract could be done probably within the next week or two. You know, so I'm confident about that. You know, why are we why are we, you know, frantic about oh, we have to get him signed right now, right now, right now? You know, but I do believe that one of those two contracts will be done within the next week, week and a half. All right, Justin, do you share the uh, the sentiments there with uh, with Tim? Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. I'm, I'm not. Again, it's just the nature of the where we are in today's 
off-season social media world about people that sign contracts quick and they think that oh we gotta have our guy sign as before the price goes up like we're the, like their money matters to us you know it's it look man joe tim you're right man this this contract is going to get done and they know how incredibly valuable joe burrow is into this organization and t higgins too they know that this team is incredible they know they have this they have a super bowl window roster right now they or super bowl winning caliber like roster right now and foreseeable in the future and they know that these guys are a part of it so i don't worry about it i'm not gonna i'm gonna do what i can to ignore the noise and like stop getting anxiety over it because at this point it is exhausting but no i'm not i'm not worried at all but i am confident it's going to get done so too i i i want to agree i tend to agree but i will say this i do understand some of the chicken little the sky is falling um the the little nervousness out there i'm 46 Hopefully I'll be 47 before we lose a game this season. Uh, I, I, I've been through some, we're not, not doing the right things, not getting the right contracts, not, not being a place where people wanted to go. I've seen a lot of that start changing. I've seen, you know, um, some of the new blood, that next generation coming in and, and, and things getting a lot better. Um, as far as the organization and in a weird way. So I grew up halfway in between Detroit, Cincinnati and Lima. Ohio. And, and I, my fandom split, right? Bengals first line. Second, I went um, Tigers first red second. As a Tigers fan, I watched Mr. Illich when he got up in age in the eighties and stuff like that in his eighties, he started really spending some money. He won some championships with the Detroit red wings, but, he did not win a World Series. I started seeing poor money into the Detroit Tigers. Now you've got Mike Brown, 88 years old. I, I think they're trying to work this thing out, figure this thing out. This man, you know, at his luncheon, he said he just wanted one time to touch that trophy and then mm -hmm. pass it over to his coach. And man, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it and trying to get it to him. Like he's 88 years old. You know, this how many more shots does he have at it? I don't know. I'm not gonna put the guy in the grave for crying out loud, but you know, we're 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 on a time. We're on a timer. Yeah. So I I'm saying let's get the deals done, let's go full steam ahead and let's let's go right. let's go aggressively yeah, after yeah. this is this is a goal every year now. That's this is it, man. It's it. Get Mike Brown a trophy, man, because you know. I will say this too, just to add on top of what you just said. People are going when that inevitable day comes when Mike Brown does pass on, and I hate to throw that in the air on the airways right now, but people will come to miss him. They really will. Um, because he's still one of the OG pioneers of football. You know, he's not just somebody who was Paul Brown's son. He definitely embodies the game of football so much too. And the city has not really truly embraced his character, his characteristic of what he means to the game. And he deserves to be able to hoist that Vince Lombardi trophy, just like he would like to be able to say, dad, Paul, this is for you. Yeah. I, I, he definitely loves the game. It would be pretty special to see it. So. Oh, it'd be, right. it would be great to see, you know, because after all these years, 
of being a Bengals fan, you know, and being the Bengals owner, you know, mm-hmm. all the ups and downs and ups and downs that we've had, it would just be great to it'd be great to have. Hundred percent. All right, so here it is, Justin. We were going to do this in order for our draft here for our running back special and the fantasy football side of things. I was giving whoever had the last comment was going to get first overall pick, and Tim sniped you at the end right there, cutting in as uh, I was getting ready to roll over to the next one. He got you. Uh, he got you. I uh, love so, it. I love, I love that surprise, by the I way. Got go you. ahead. Go ahead. So, so he, here's what we're going to do. Um, Everybody listening at home, we're not going to go through and rate 32 running backs. You know that's not our style if you've been listening to any of this stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to switch it up a little bit different. We've done a little bit different every time we've done a new position group. So we're going to do running backs this time. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a mock fantasy draft running back with just the three of us. Each of us are going to take three running backs. So uh, Tim will take one. Justin will take the second pick. I'll take the third pick. And we'll just keep going around. And you'll see who our top nine picks are. We'll give you a little rhyme or reason why, what our uh, what our feeling is uh, down in our plums, what what what's going on with that. So, so Tim, tell me who you taking with the first overall draft pick in the 2023 fantasy football running back draft. Who you got? It's not CMC. I'll tell you that. I know you guys are surprised. You're shocked. It is not CMC. It is actually Bijan Robinson. That kid, I'm going to tell you this right now, that kid is going to be amazing this year. You know, he is fast. He is strong. I, I'm telling you, he's going to, he's, you know, with, with the last, you know, couple of preseason games, look what he's done. Yeah, it, I know it's preseason. It's preseason. You're right. But I'll tell you this right now, Bijan Robinson, he's going to light up your, your, uh, your fancy boards. And he's going to surprise you. He he does look good, man. I can't. Yeah, I, he does. He's nice. I can't. I can't. I'm I'm not gonna talk trash on that one. I'm not gonna talk trash on that one. All right, Justin, second overall pick. Who you got? See, I hope Bijan was going to be my second of my two picks, but I shouldn't have. I should have hyped him up when we was going over the Falcons preview. I will just kind of leave that part there. But I am going to go CMC. I think that he is the ultimate dual threat running back catch out of the backfield, run receiving talent, uh, obviously rushing talent. And, you know, he was an emergency quarterback in the NFC Championship game. So there could be some little wrinkle in the playbook that Kyle Shanahan might have him throw the ball. So that's the guy that I'm going to go with with my pick. So not too much to elaborate from there. It's obvious. CMC. All right. So my guy, out of these guys left, um, we're talking about a bell cow. We're talking about somebody that's a, a big percentage of their offense. Um, we're talking about a lot of tight games. I don't see him blowing a whole bunch of people out. How could you when you got Danny Dimes at quarterback? I'm going with Saquon Barkley with the number three overall pick. I like wow. it. I like it. Nice pick. All right. So that brings us to number four for your second pick. Fourth overall draft choice. Tim, who are you taking? Running back. I- I am taking the real bell cow, Nick Chubb, out of Cleveland. I shouldn't have to explain it. He's probably he's probably one of the best power backs in the AFC North. You know, yeah. Nick Chubb, he's going to run the ball. You know, is Deshaun Watson going to be any good? 
mm, they're going to have to give Nick Chubb the football, you know, because they don't pay him all that money for nothing. And he proves them wrong every single year. Nick Chubb is just – he is the true bell cow of the AFC North. It'll be interesting to see now um, with no Kareem Hunt how, how that will change things, if he'll get a little bit more involved in the passing game just to keep the keep it off balance. Because when Kareem Hunt came in, you didn't know if they were going to run or pass. Normally when Chubb's in, you're thinking run first, right? right. So, so it, it, you know, maybe maybe they show a little wrinkle there. That could be interesting. All right, n- number five overall pick and your second running back for the 2023 fantasy football draft. What do you got, Justin Lacey? See, obviously Derek Henry staring at me right there on the board, but I'm not going to go with him this time. I don't. I think the value is going to start to slowly decline on that Tennessee Titans offense. So I am going to go with Austin Eckler. I'm going with the other shifty running back that has a lot of versatility to his game, catching passes out of the backfield. He is the one – he is, I believe, the guy that really does the workload for the Chargers. Justin Herbert relies on him quite a bit. If you've watched that playoff game when they lost against the Jags, the only person that really scored a boatload of their points was Austin Eckler and moved the ball down the field for them. And that was kind of shocking, but not shocking to me because I've seen him do that for the last several years. And I do agree he's underpaid as well, too. So Austin Eckler, that is my guy. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go with him. Good pick. Dang it. Let's <laughs> take your guy. <laughs> yeah, man. It's night. All right. So Tim sniped you, then you sniped me. Oh, okay. All right. So let me see. So Austin's off the board. Uh, I'm going to go with six running back off the board. I'm going to go ahead and ask for forgiveness from Bengals fans right now. But I think this guy is going to be somewhere between six and eight. And I don't draft again until nine. I'm going to take Najee Harris. Harris. I knew it. I knew it. And listen, there's a lot of talk. Listen, there's a lot of talk right now in Pittsburgh. For those of you who don't know, I live in Pittsburgh behind enemy territory. There's a lot of talk about him not getting uh, nearly as many uh, carries uh, this year. Um, You know, they've got some other running backs looking good. Well, I think their offensive line is much better, and he ain't running the ball as much during the preseason. And I think that's the reason why I think they're going to get a heavy dose of run. I know they've got some weapons. I like George Pickens. Um, I think Pickett, you know, obviously sophomore year, you think he'd take a step forward. But Tomlin's still defense first. Tomlin's still going to run the ball. I know it's he's not the offensive coordinator, the offensive coach, but he still has his hands in it, and he still controls that team in my mind. So I, I got to do it. It's unfortunate. I like it. I like it. I think Najee Harris is going to be a much better back than the first two seasons of his career, too. So, I'm yeah, I think he gets over. Pick. I think he gets thirteen to fourteen hundred yards this year. Yeah, so. he can catch out the backfield too. He's pretty good at it. You know. All right, uh, your third and final running back, number seven overall, Tim Lyons. Who are you taking on number seven? You know, I'm torn between Pollard and Josh Jacobs. You know, because I know Pollard's going to, you know, he's coming off that that uh, ankle. Uh, but then Josh yeah, the Jacobs, broken, broken yeah, the broken ankle, yeah. Or in Josh Jacobs, you know, 
he's he's got some animosity with the Raiders. He so. seems unhappy, but he's a hell of a running back. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Josh Jacobs, you know, because you know, over a thousand yards rushing last year, you know, led the league in rushing there. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, league. and he's gonna come out there just hungry. He's gonna come out there like a bulldog because he's gonna be like, you know what, I deserve my money. I deserve the bag, you know, and he, I think he's going to prove everybody wrong. You know, hey, give that man the money and let him run the ball. That's a good pick. That's a really good yeah, pick. It's not a bad pick. Now, uh, we're, we're, we're definitely not showing a lot of, of, of uh, you know, promise here with Jonathan Taylor getting a deal done. Um, we got some other. Other guys out there that look like they're going to be sharing some more carries out there. So number eight, your third and final pick, Justin, who are you taking for that that eight spot running back? Give me King Henry. Screw it. I'm just going to do it. You got him I'm coming back invest- around. Yeah, I know <laughs> I'm probably investing in him because of his name. And I know I just said that you may see the value of Derrick Henry start to go down this season because of the catalyst of what the offense of the Tennessee Titans may or may not look like. Might not even be that promising. But King Henry is still King Henry in the name of Duke. He's still a big dude. <laughs> you know, you still want to give it to him when you're on the goal line from the two-yard line. He can still punch it in for you. And until it shows up on film, on tape, that he is not going to be the same as what he used to be, then that's when I'll move off of him 100%. I wanted to go on with my second pick, but I, I – I like I like Derrick Henry in this spot right here for me. Fair you enough. Know, I, think, I, don't, I don't know anybody can fault you. No, I think I think that's a great pick, man. It's a great pick because honestly, are the Titans' pass game going to be any good, or are they going to run Derrick Henry into the ground and just keep feeding him the football? Oh yeah, great pick. That's great another. Pick. That's another point because Will Levis, he's not the QB one, if I'm not mistaken. It's still probably going to be Ryan Tannehill, but right. they're going to itch to give that QB one job at some point to Will Levis or even Malik. Uh, Malik, I forgot the dude's name already. Willis. <laughs> Malik Willis. Malik Willis. I'm sorry, Malik Willis. No, no mean to disrespect you because you have been a forgotten man on this uh in this offseason. But Derrick Henry has been the more consistent guy in their offense for the last four years. So why not draft them again? You know? Well, let me let me devil's advocate that one for you. Does uh some of the losses they've had at offensive line worry you at all? Taking that wear it does, and tear? It does, it does worry me which is part of the other argument that I made before about his value maybe slightly decreasing a bit. But something tells me that just keep feeding the rock, even with your offensive line being porous like that, and somehow he's going to make it work regardless. All right. As as of recording this right now, not knowing anything that happens with Jonathan Taylor, I still kind of want to take him. <laughs> but I'm not going to. And it's more so just to prove a point. And I'm going to tell you this right now, and this is going to get this is going to tilt my hand. I normally don't like doing this because I know Big G's out there watching this, listening. He go, he's going to know who I'm going to want. He's going to use it against me in our fantasy football league. This is probably a bad bad omen for me to even say over the air, but I'm going to because I, I have a responsibility to give the people my nuggets of information and thought process when it comes to fantasy football. And darn it, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is what i got to do. It's killing me to do this. 
Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, man. Damian Pierce. Houston I Texans. It. I think he's going to be a love top it. 10 running back this year. The reason why is D'Amico Ryan's now in, in, in Houston Texans. Uh, he's going to protect the ball. He's going to play defense. It's kind of his style of ball, right? Defensive-minded coach. They, they've got uh, C.J. Stroud. Looks like he's going to win that job. They're going to want to protect the young quarterback. Uh, Damian Pierce runs like a, a bull in a china shop. He kind of reminds me of that uh, run with your hair on fire kind of beast mode kind of thing. I'm not saying he is beast mode, but has some similarities to it. I think he cracks the top 10 this year. Fantasy football, Damian Pierce, even with Devin Singletary getting there, taking some carries, maybe he ain't going to get those goal line carries. He's not going to be the, he's not going to be toting a rock as much as Damian. Yeah. So I'm going to go Damian. I Pierce. love it. He was a fantasy still last year, man, because people really didn't see him coming because they just all, because the Texans was just really bad and hard to watch. But Damian Pierce was fun to watch. <laughs> and if you had him on your fantasy team, man, you, you killed it. So, that was a great selection. I thought you were actually going to go with the Kenneth Walker or the Brees Hall selection. I was now, thinking you was going in that direction. The, the problem is, you know, you got Brees Hall, and now now you got uh, Dalvin Cook coming in there taking um, uh, snaps away from him. You know what I mean? They're going to share workloads. And then you got uh, uh, Charbonnet got drafted by Seattle. They didn't draft him in the second round not to give him the ball at all. Uh, and Walker right now is 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 having an issue with uh, a groin strain, um, and you know those can linger. So I think maybe early on they may even give Charbonnet more of those carries. So uh, you know, what I mean, I'm I'm looking for guys that are going to be getting the ball around at 300 plus uh, times time uh, carries a year. So that's that's I yeah. want them to get over 300 carries. A year. So that's where I went with. My guys were Saquon, Najee, and Damian Pierce. I think those guys get bell cow totes. Uh, even though, um, uh, you know, there's some guys that are crawling up there, I, I think they're they're good. So, recap this, uh, the top nine here. We've got B. John Robinson, one, and then a little bit of an upset. CMC at two, Saquon at three, Nick Chubb at four, Austin Eckler slips to five, probably contract related. Najee Harris, six. Josh Jacobs, seven. Najee Harris is upset at six, too. Derrick Henry, eight. And Damian Pierce at nine. Uh, I don't think anybody, you know, trusts what the Colts are going to do with Jonathan Taylor, so he fell out altogether. All right, so we did. We got you some fancy football information. Hopefully uh, you can get something there to help you go out and dominate. Don't, don't finish last. Don't do any embarrassing, uh, um, you know, whatever the challenge is or anything like that. Get you a belt or get, get a championship belt. Um, yes, sir. So, hey, Tim, thanks for joining us. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself. It's uh, it's always a good time on here chatting about the Bengals, about football, and and uh, have a little bit of fun. Any parting shots before you uh, before you step on out of here? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Hubbard wins Defensive Player of the Year. Bengals Defensive Player of the Year? No, NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Ooh, Ooh. man. I, I, I have a feeling. Prediction. That's right. That it might be bold. 
It was a bold that prediction. Was bolder than, that was bolder <laughs> than mine when I said that Trey Henderson was going to insert yep. himself in that conversation. <laughs> hey, they, they have said that he's yeah. got more bend this year, and he he's added some stuff to his game. So, I mean, I love the guy, even though he did, did play at Ohio State. But uh, <clears throat> that's not, not here or there. Uh, Justin, what do you got? What do you got to take us out on? Any final thoughts? You see me rocking the headband, you guys. I know I'm in all red stripes because I'm a Reds fan, too. I'm from Cincinnati, but I'm headband joining it up because I believe that he is going to have an MVP caliber season and may potentially win the MVP and Super Bowl championship trophy. So I'm excited for the season to come up, you guys. We got one more preseason game coming up against the Washington Commanders. But at the end of the day, we all know what we're looking towards. It's week one. We we about to get ready to go to that place up there by the lake, by Lake Erie, and then you know show them that hey, those little Cleveland brownies that they've always thought that they had our number, it's going to be no more. So we're going, we're excited for it. Yeah, I I I tell you what, my my party shuts this. I can't remember three straight years where I was excited like this to start the season. A little more right. each year, I think. So uh, kudos to not only having good seasons and good players, but continuing to get people signed, continuing to draft well, um, continuing to do the right things. Man, I like the the way the direction's going. Listen, the NFL, like I said, foot, I, I say it a lot, football is going to football sometimes. You got to stay healthy. You got to have a little luck involved with this. Um, but, man, I, I tell you what, going into, going into the season – I think we we got about as much chance as any of the other 32 so i'm pretty happy for it let's get this one behind us and uh get in that labor day weekend get football yes, is coming man i'm excited for yes, it mm-hmm. all right so for tim justin and myself i thank you guys uh for tuning in every wednesday and uh during season you guys see previews those are going to switch dates. It's going to be, uh, you know, the day before the game, rather we're playing Thursday, Sunday, Monday. We, we're all over the place because we are prime time. So those are going to be changing. And then you're going to see right after the game, you're going to see uh, the coaches' cliff notes and uh, post-game reactions. So we're going to add those to us. Um, Chase Yance will be back next week. I'll cut to the chase. I think he's going to put down a short this week. Uh, but he'll be back in his normal uh, Tuesday time slot next week. In Cincinnati. So the, the, the kid is now official resident uh, of Cincinnati and uh, doing his thing down there. So we're we're looking uh, looking forward to him getting settled in, getting those things done. Uh, but, hey, we appreciate you. Like, subscribe, share with your friends, tune in every week, and catch us next week as we are running through the jungle.